Welcome to Escape Routes with Condé Nast Traveller. My name is Melinda Stevens, the Editor-in-Chief of Condé Nast Traveller US and Condé Nast Traveller UK, and it is my pleasure to introduce you to our podcast series. Travel is all about storytelling, a story of a place, of its people, of a journey, and at Condé Nast Traveller we've always celebrated the most transportative, evocative travel writing. With much of the world currently grounded, we've come together to take you to some of our favourite places, if only in your imagination, by listening to our most loved travel stories read aloud by the writers who penned them. We hope these short escape routes allow you to daydream of far-flung adventures, discover the world's curious corners or recast familiar destinations in a fresh light, and that you love these travel stories as much as I do. Hello, my name is Tara Stevens. Welcome to Condé Nast Traveller's Escape Routes. I'll be reading my piece on Mallorca, which featured in the October 2016 issue of Condé Nast Traveller. I hope you enjoy it. While the rest of Mallorca has been set on becoming cooler, snappier and simply more commercial in the last decade, the northeastern corner with its soft golden light, gnarled olive groves and supersized azalea bushes has quietly potted along. How or why it has managed to remain under the radar is a mystery. But it's here that you'll find the most astonishing beaches on the island. Cala Aguya is probably its worst kept secret but I always take the 30-minute walk from the undulating dunes at Calamesquida, past goats nibbling on whiskery beach grass to tiny turquoise Calamolto, where the sun-dried Posidonia seaweed makes the comfiest bed for a snooze. This is the Spain of my childhood, where suppers of barbecued fish were cooked up on the sand and locals drew their water from mountain springs. Tucked into the bluff of the Albarca Hills, Calatorta Bay is not marked on most maps, but I see with some foreboding that it is newly signposted. Funneling its way inland, the sea rages wildly from booming waves one minute to mirror flat the next. And here, right in the middle of it all, is Manolo and Dolores's rustic little beach bar of the same name. A tiny shack on the shore I first stumbled upon ten years ago, and it hasn't changed a bit. Sensational seafood doesn't come cheap, but it's worth the splurge to gorge on mountainous piles of locally caught crayfish and prawns, cuttlefish, mussels and razor clams served with Torta's top secret sauce, though some say the fish is even better over the hills at Colonia de San Per. Although the old fishing port is now mostly filled with bobbing yachts, it's still celebrated for its unique vivers. These ingenious sand and limestone seawater pools are carved into the rock along the front, allowing local restaurants to keep their catch fresh for as long as possible. The snapper ceviche, wild red tuna sashimi, and Balearic Island's classic of salt-baked sea bass at Sa Charcha is faultless. Next door at S. Viver's skate escabeche, mussel steamed with lemon and whole-baked turbot take top billing. One time after lunch, I stopped to collect water from the Sa Bernadetta spring near Bethlehem and met an old man in the village who had never drunk anything else. He looked about 30 years old. 
Given that water is second only to God when it comes to growing the plumpest, juiciest produce, it's no surprise that food here is so good. Life in Arta, the little capital of the region, with its hilltop fortress of Santuari de San Salvador, usually moves at a sleepy pace, but thrums on Tuesday when the market is in full swing. Mallorquins stock up on basketfuls of sun-warmed fruit, still muddy vegetables, and hefty empanadas before a pre-lunch aperitif. Little wonder that folks come from all over the island and beyond to stockpile ICAT-style telas de lenguas textiles and abstract artworks such as the salt-drenched seascapes found in Jean Pesce's gallery. There was talk of reopening the railway to connect Arta with Palma, but it petered out. Now the station has become a showcase for local handicrafts and products, including the super-strong Licor de Yerbas and the unused tracks form a 29-kilometre-long bike path that goes as far south as Manacor. There are bicycles for hire, but if you don't want to pedal back, a van will pick you up for the wave of a €5 note. At lunch, feast on paprika lace tortilla and sweet red onion and tomato salads at Arta's La Mar de Vines, where a rabbit hole corridor leads to a walled garden thick with hibiscus blooms and citrus trees bearing lemons as big as melons. Venture to the edge of town to find farm-to-fork food at Finca Esseral, where they grow organic produce, rear pigs, and lay the table with old-fashioned glazed terracotta pots. I come back here time and again for the pan boli, bread slathered with garlic mayonnaise and delicious sobrasada, spreadable spiced pork sausage drizzled with honey. For something a little more refined, the Michelin-starred restaurant at Predi's Son Jaumel Hotel is a 10-minute drive away in Calarachada. Headed by a young Mallorcan chef, Andreo Genestra, who not only grows his own vegetables, but makes olive oil and wine too, the restaurant serves up brilliant food, bread warmed on hot stones, squid doused in duck juice and smoky aubergines, berries with beetroot and white chocolate. There are huge bedrooms to collapse in afterwards, each with contemporary straw baskets and rugs by local interior designer Marga Rocher. In the living rooms are log fires for chilly evenings, and the wisteria-covered terraces have rocking chairs from which to drink in the herb-scented air. But Saint-Jaumel isn't the only charming place to stay. This entire stretch of coastline has plenty of lovely little hotels. East, Can Simonetta stretches languidly across a cliff top on a carpet of manicured lawn with hammocks strung between the palms. Follow the path down to the shore to find four posted day beds. Go the other way, and a staircase corkscrewed into the rock leads to a private beach. There's a sauna tucked away in the woods, a Natura Bisse spa with incredible vitamin C facials, and two sea facing swimming pools. At dinner time, there's bread served with truffle butter, sole meunier, and white asparagus, and a tender shoulder of suckling lamb. It's quiet at Can Simonetta, the silence only interrupted by chirruping cicadas. Perhaps it's because those with children in tow tend to gravitate towards Saint-Genaire, with its three saltwater pools, which, unbelievably, given its crisp-looking aesthetic, hasn't been renovated since it opened 18 years ago. 
stripped back original 18th century beams, cool stone floors, terracotta tiles, straw mats and fine linen curtains, all made locally, keep the hotel looking marvellously fresh. There's a warm breeze during the twice-weekly yoga classes which blows through the olive groves, and birds call out like choir boys. I wasn't surprised to learn that a mother of four checks in here three times a year with nothing but a stack of books for company. The Morloki Cap Verme Beach Hotel is cut into a rock face and celebrated island-wide for its fantastic lobster dishes. Built in 1934 by the grandfather of Tomeo Lul, who now runs it as a sweet and simple guest house with a dozen bright bedrooms. It's unlike the vast majority of hotels in these parts. Rooms 101 and 105 have large gut balconies that jut straight over the sea. The reason the northeastern tips remain so unspoiled is that much of it falls within the Parc Natural de la Peninsula de Levant, and those in the know return year after year, like old friends, to upcycled farmhouses and breezy villas, which they use as base for soaking up the sun at blue flag beaches like Canyamel, or the more secluded cove of Cala Albardans with its perfumed pines. Bicycles are easy to rent, and so this is exactly what I do, and in a way it's a little like going back in time. I cycle beyond Can Simonetta, past pretty Finca-style villas scattered throughout the landscape, to the tiny scallop-shaped beach at Calarocha I used to call my own. There was one small change since the last time I'd been here. Flanked by terraces carved into cliffs shallow enough to induce even scaredy cats like me to jump in, some thoughtful soul had added swimming pool ladders to aid a more graceful exit from the water. Apart from that, not much else is different, and long may it remain so. This podcast has been brought to you by The Thinking Traveller. The Thinking Traveller holds exclusive access to the Mediterranean's best holiday villas, with a black book of 220 of the smartest places to stay. It has an unmatchable inside track on Sicily, Puglia, Corsica, and Greece's Ionian and Sporadis islands, and from spring 2021, Mallorca, starring new properties within easy driving distance of the areas I spoke about. Closest and just across the bay at Alcudia is Malpass, with soothing minimalist decor, a panoramic pool, full gym and private cinema. A little further afield, Savista offers total privacy, sprawling grounds and a magnificent sunset over dreamy Caladea. Both properties are walking distance to the sea. And this is why, for the past five years, the Thinking Traveller has been voted favourite villa rental company in Condé Nast Traveller's Reader's Choice Awards. We hope you enjoyed our Escape Routes podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe to help boost us in the charts and ensure you are the first to hear about new episodes.